Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the NFT morning. Today is March 17. John uh, with you talking. I am with my dear friend Arthur. And today we have the chance to be with Jonathan Perkins, uh, co-founder and CEO of SuperRare. Uh, hi, Jonathan. How are you? Hey, John. Uh, doing great. Uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming. Arthur, everything is okay for you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm super excited to talk with Jonathan today. Uh, let's get it. GM. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, GM, GM, guys. GM, GM, GM. So we are, we are really excited. You know, we love Super Rare at the NFT morning. I think who do not like Everyone Super, super <laughs> Who Rare. don't like, you know, it's, it's not possible <laughs> to not like Super Rare, to be honest. It's pretty, you know, there are things we, you know, we have, there are a lot of things you can hate in the space, but, you know, Super Rare has been here since the beginning. They've been pioneering a lot of things, you know, in the space, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, yeah, royalties, even for first collectors, you know, bringing uh, this quality curation, bringing the key artists in the space, you know, all the ones we are calling OG, like Xcopy, Akatao, Robbie Barrett, and all these people, you know, that we love, and uh, much more today, actually. So, and yeah, it's still, you know, the hype, like uh, that, yeah, that every artist, you know, basically in the space uh, want to be on Super Rare because uh, of their selection and their curation. And they are bringing uh, more and more, uh, you know, innovation in the space. So really happy to be with you, Jonathan. And, uh, you know, we'll talk, of course, about Super Rare. But before that, just wanted to, 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 you know, we like, you know, to talk about people and to talk about their background. Uh, can you just explain us, you know, yeah, basically what, what was your life before NFTs? Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, yeah, th thanks for the kind words. Uh, it's been uh, extremely exciting watching the, uh, you know, the NFT ecosystem blossom over the past few years. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so I guess as far as my background, so um, prior to so I, I started Super Rare in 2018, along with my two cousins, uh, John and Charles. And um, prior to that, my uh, career had sort of threaded between technology and the arts. Um, so at university, I studied uh, digital media, essentially, digital media, digital arts, uh, with a focus on uh, music, actually, music production. Um, and that was out in San Francisco. And I kind of got this startup bug, uh, you know, living out in the Bay. Um, and I actually did a um, startup right after college that didn't work out. It was kind of um, Kickstarter meets uh, concerts. So it was like a way to crowdfund uh, concerts. Um, and, uh, you know, I learned a lot. I learned to code through the process, probably most importantly. Um, and then it was also around the time that the 2008, uh, you know, banking crisis uh, or, you know, financial crisis in ensued. And then over the, you know, the following few years that, um, that Bitcoin emerged and um, my cousin, John and I in particular, you know, got really kind of tumbled down the, the crypto rabbit hole, got really into Bitcoin um, and um, all three of us, were living in New York uh, a few years later in 2015 when Ethereum launched. <clears throat> and um, those two guys, my, my two cousins, actually started working at 
uh, one of the consensus folks, this, a startup out of uh, Brooklyn. And we would get together and, you know, nerd out on, on, on crypto stuff. And um, at the time, I was working as a software developer and kind of had my eye on various trends, kind of like wanting to wanting to start something in the in the creative space. Um, but and I was really interested in Ethereum, and you know, uh, it was really cool to see the uh, you know the community you know, be part of the ecosystem kind of from the beginning. Um, but I'm not a finance guy. Like my background is uh, very much in the arts. Like I'm a record collector. I'm a I'm a drummer myself. I'm a, uh, you know a big uh, visual art fan. And um, so I was like, well, there's this blockchain thing, but you know, what am I going to do? Start like a, a wallet or like a, a derivatives, you know, platform or something like that. It didn't really grab me, but within a couple of years, like 2016, 2017, we started seeing some really interesting uh, experiments uh, on the blockchain, like digital trading cards and meme markets and digital art and, you know, game items and, and stuff like that. And uh, we, you know, John and Charlie and I used to, you know, go get beers and and uh, look at like the rare Pepe, you know, trading community and stuff like that. And that's when the light bulb really went off for me. It was like, oh, there's this, this is like digital art meeting the blockchain. These are kind of like my two worlds uh, converging. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where the uh, where the where the the seed started. Well, first of all, I love that. And I was going to ask you how you created Super Air, but you perfectly answered it already. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you, what do you think makes Super Air so special? I mean, like, there's so many companies, some are liked, some aren't, but Super Air is one of those, like, house brands in the NFT space that just everyone enjoys, you know? And it's such an honor to be a super artist it's an honor to be a big super collector. Why do you think you guys are uh, positioned like so differently from maybe the other marketplaces where people don't feel as engaged with them and maybe that they, they're not as part of the culture? What do you think makes super different? Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good question. Um, I think community has a, a ton to do with it. And I just think that, um, you know, the the approach that we've taken has generally always resonated with people. Um, you know, we were very early to the, the NFT space. Uh, Super actually launched a few months before the ERC 721 uh, standard was finalized by the Ethereum community. Um, and so if you, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine uh, from this point, but if you look back to 2018, like NFTs were so far from a sure bet. Even like we would go to DevCon and the other Ethereum, um, you know, events and conferences and Ethereum developers who are like an obscure niche of an obscure niche of the world would look at, us, you know, would talk to us and be like, you guys are doing NFTs? Like, seriously? Like, that's so obscure. Like, what are you guys doing? Um, and generally be, it would be followed by, oh, you should probably do gaming because like, it's obviously going to be about gaming. Like nobody cares about art. To be honest, they uh, are still, or, yeah, yeah. they are still saying the <laughs> same, you know, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all that is to say, we, you know, we wanted to help out the artists. We, we thought it would be really interesting 
you know, we, we think that the art market is actually very interesting and it's something that's never been digitized before. Um, and, you know, kind of brought online like many, uh, like most other uh, things that have today. But we had a very experimental mindset from the start. We didn't roll in with like tons of artist relationships and a big business strategy uh, and try to dominate this market or anything like that. We were like three coders who were into art that were like meeting up at a coffee shop on Saturday, literally to, you know, build a build something that people could use and and try it out. And you know, we learned very early on that the, uh, you know, we were we knew we were early to this market, and so it kind of gave us a long term view. And so we were just trying to kind of like, you know, make friends along the way, help help out people, and uh, adapt and be open to uh, open and willing to change. And I think that, um, I don't know if if there's one nugget of wisdom that I that, that I I think has uh, you know given the project kind of longevity and goodwill in the community. It's it's kind of like, you know, don't be don't be pretentious, be helpful, be experimental, and uh, you know, keep evolving. Of course, no, yeah, I think it's uh, it's really interesting. So, and um, you know, this is what makes you special. Uh, in the in the actually, you know, in the you know, we would come back to present a bit more, and uh, what you've been doing recently. Uh, I think you know one of the most important things you've been doing in the last few months is this uh, rare pass, rare pass basically, mm -hmm. and uh, and. Uh, You know, I think it's uh, it's something really interesting because uh, at the beginning uh, the community had some mixed feeling about it, but now it's kind of uh, you know everybody agree that it's a good move. Uh, can you tell us? You know, yeah, I think you know. Can you just remind? Of course, I just reminding the concept for people who don't know what it is, and you will correct me if I'm wrong. But the idea of the pass, uh, there are. Uh, basically, uh, you know, if you own one of these rare pass, you have you will be airdropped every month uh, all along the year uh, an edition of one of the crazy artists, you know, that you've been collaborating with, uh, like uh, yeah, X Copy, uh, Alien Queen, uh, OSF. And maybe I'm, I'm, you know, you will correct me because I know that there are two buckets. One bucket, you know, for the one who are doing editions, basically, and so you will get an edition. And moreover, you know, every month you have the chance to have a one-one by one of these great artists. And you, basically three people every month are getting a chance, you know, to have a one-one by one of these artists. And so you have a list of great artists, you know, who are creating one-one for you and one other list of great artists who are doing editions. Uh, am I right? Um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's pretty much it. And yeah, happy to happy to talk about it a little bit more. Um, yeah, so... Um, You know, like I said before, we're we're very into kind of experimenting and looking. You know, kind of always like trying to look ahead and and see where there might be opportunity to, um, you know, push the space forward, innovate, um, and really help bring people into this market from a collector perspective. Um, and you know, there if you think about, you know, one of one art collecting versus say you know pfps or you know games or other things like you kind of really have to do a lot of research and really dig into the art uh you know it's kind of like record collecting where you have to like learn the artists and learn you know um 
you know, kind of like do a lot of digging and, and kind of research. And well, that's fine for people who are super into it. Um, we kind of conceived RarePass around what if we kind of did a curated collection where you could collect one NFT and then, you know, essentially it's like a subscription to a year's worth of really, really cool drops from awesome artists. And so that's essentially what RarePass is. We um, partnered with um, a bunch of great artists. Uh, you mentioned some before, you know, um, Anne Spalter, Coldy, Krista Kim, Robness, uh, Xcopy, like the, the list goes on. I'm not gonna list that everybody here, but um, each RarePass holder, um, so yeah, essentially we, um, sold uh, 250 passes uh, last fall, and uh, each pass holder gets, uh, for the whole year of 2023, um, there's 12 artists who are doing a series of 250 unique artworks um, that are you know, dropped to each pass holder each month. And then there's an artist each month um, that does uh, three one-of-one -one artworks and those get randomly dropped. So it's kind of like a lottery system. You have like a three and two, you have like 12, three and 250 chances to, to uh, be dropped one of the more exclusive uh, works as well. And so, you know, overall, um, this was something that we uh, just saw an opportunity for. We started talking to artists and collectors and there seemed to be a lot of, you know, kind of enthusiasm for it. And we, we just, uh, you know, tried putting the program together. And yeah, it's been super well received. and. You know, shout out to the Super Labs team who's, um, you know, been doing a really good job keeping the community engaged, uh, doing all, you know, executing on all the uh, the mints and the, the drops and everything. So, um, yeah, it's a really fun project overall. I think also it's a, it's an interesting point. I think, you know, but, you know, it's not the idea of um, any critique because I think it's great. But we see in the space, you know, that even, you know, a really uh, established, I would say, companies like you need to play a bit with some uh, lottery at the moment, you know, to bring uh, value. Uh, so, you know, but Bright Moment is doing the same, you know, when you have the reveal. Uh, every art project now are creating also there are a lot of paths, you know, that play with random. Uh, do you think it's something that is a part of the DNA of the space also? Um, hmm, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, this space is such a convergence of, of many, uh, different areas, you know, there's obviously, you know, traditional art collecting, but then there's, you know, I would also argue kind of gaming and, and collectibles and, um, even like, you know, the kind of trading card, like reveal moment that, um, you know, that a lot of people are experimenting with. I do think that, the um you know there's a lot of artists doing say like you know async blueprints uh that you know async has made a really cool tool um and release mechanism there where there's like a you know kind of a random um aspect to it as well so i, I think while you know i do consider async to be on the fine art side of the spectrum um it's still fun it, you know it's it's like you know art can be still fun and social and you kind of get this reveal moment so um yeah, I, I do think it's an interesting thing to experiment with. Yeah, yeah, no, but uh, in, a, in a way, I agree with you. I think we, we we like this adrenaline moment. We like to play also. And there is, yeah, this is what I'm asking. I'm telling that it's potentially also part of our DNA in a way, because uh, even if you, you know, it's not, it does not mean that you don't like art and you're not here for that. It just means that 
yeah, you have small, small spice also in uh, in the dish that you have that make it also uh, pretty exciting and uh, and interesting. And uh, yeah, you know, the I think uh, example also is great. And and so just to you know for people who are holding uh, the pass, uh, I believe that you know mathematically, you know, the value of the pass will decrease all along the year. Uh, I think you know it's kind of uh, uh, because of course you know you can expect uh, less and less uh, stuff. Um, you, 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 you. Do you believe that this pass will have a second life after the after twenty twenty three? Well, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to speculate on the on like the trading value of uh, uh, the. <laughs> the no, no, pass. no. But you know, no, no. But that's fine. You know, yeah. Like I think yeah. you know, we can anticipate that you will create this every year. For example, I think at least can we expect to have a twenty twenty four pass? For example. Well, uh, we can't rule it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, no, but I think you know. I think it could be an idea, like you know, when you go to theater, you know, to, you know, to opera or anything, you know, you can have your yearly plan, you know, where you can have an amount of show and stuff like that. So it could be kind of the same, where every year you know can have yeah. the pass to have the yearly selection or something like this. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, the the team is is certainly working on um, kind of like value added uh, stuff for for rare pass holders. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm personally holding on to mine for the, the long haul and, um, you know, ex- exciting stuff coming down the road, but I, I can't, uh, you know, share too much now. Of course, of course. Yeah. No, this is not the idea, you know, to get the, the alpha right now, of course. And, uh, <laughs> we understand, you know, you cannot reveal things, uh, that will happen soon, but no, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And, uh, wanted to, sh- you know, just wanted to, so that we are talking about uh, present and future, I don't know if there are some specific a spotlight, you know, that you would like to mention about uh, what's happening uh, at Super Rare, also in March and April, that you would like to mention. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one really big uh, initiative right now is uh, Super Rare Spaces. Um, so, I, I can talk uh, a little bit about that. So, um, yeah. So, spaces are. Uh, independently run community elected uh, galleries uh, on Super Rare. And um, these are elected by the Super Rare DAO. So this is, you know, rare token holders um, who are kind of choosing the curators that are going to, you know, uh, essentially um, be the driving force of the, you know, decentralization of, of the Super Rare platform. And um, we, you know, so we're continually onboarding and uh, launching uh, new spaces. And um, so we, and the, the way this works or has worked uh, to date is it's a, you know, kind of online uh, election we call the space race. We kind of have this gamified uh, UI where uh, token holders can, can vote. Um, and this, this past one, I, I believe we had about, uh, you know, 50 applicants and uh, 10 spaces were elected. So we're in the process of um, spinning those up. And um, anyway, it's, it's a really cool, um, you know, kind of community ritual reviewing all the, um, you know, we've got like incredible talent, uh, you know, from, from galleries to artists, to artist collective to, um, you know, kind of everything in, in between. Um, you say how many, how many, you know, uh, to, how many spaces uh, are currently on Tupera? Um, I think there's about 50 uh, now. 
okay, you've been selecting something like five months or something like this, if I'm not wrong, maybe. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the, yeah, just, the Space you know, Race hasn't been monthly. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, something like that. We've we've done five races so far. So I guess average of 10 or so per race. And yeah, if, if anyone wants to go check them out, um, you can go to superrare.com slash spaces and you can see all the live spaces. Um, and there's also on that same page, um, one of the primary things that spaces are doing is creating exhibitions. So, um, you know, in the traditional art world, of course, like exhibitions are a primary way that collectors can, you know, kind of see thematic groupings of works. And so we're building tools for, um, you know, in addition to focusing on building artists and collector tools, we're uh, focused on building uh, curator tools. And it's been really, really cool since launching the exhibitions feature um, a couple months ago to see the really cool curatorial work that uh, all the spaces are doing. Super cool, super cool. And uh, and so, yeah, they, are, they act really uh, as a community. And so, you know, on one hand, you know, yeah, people, the community has been voting for different spaces. And so now you have a kind of a global global uh, global governance, I would say, uh, that is happening. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And um, and so, uh, so yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, uh, I think this is where, you know, we are interested also on the platform because you, you are... It gives the chance to much more artists at the end of the day also to be on super rare thanks to this uh to these curators uh for example you know in france because of nft morning also is a french podcast uh we had this first space uh french uh french touch that was uh, one of mm -hmm. the first ones the french touch yeah that uh, you know helped a lot of artists we are here with Grida actually also uh who has also this uh this cool space, you know, with the EM gallery uh, that is bringing us a lot of new artists. It's a really a good way, you know, to discover new stuff on Super Rare. And uh, this is what we like also about, you know, what we're doing, guys, but I would say innovating. And uh, I wanted to talk about one major innovation, you know, you've been democratizing in the space. Uh, this innovation are uh, royalties. Uh, you've been, uh, you know, so you introduced uh, royalties, I think, in 2018 uh, to for artists first. And uh, so it was really uh, something that was pretty new and, uh, that, you know, very conceptual. And then, you know, you've been bringing also royalties for first collector and second collector with a small lust ratio. Uh, I think it was uh, one year ago or something like this, if I'm not wrong. So mm -hmm. you... you I believe, of course, uh, that royalties are important for you. Am I right? Absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, when, you know, I guess, again, going back to, you know, 2018 when we started Super Rare, um, one of the, you know, and like I said, we were all kind of like nerding out with, uh, you know, Ethereum and, and what, um, you know, what it could potentially do. And Ethereum at a low level, like smart contracts, uh, one of the pr most primary things that they um, can power are, you know, programmatic transactions. So it's kind of like programmable money, uh, you know, is, is something you hear the Ethereum people talk about. And um, we, you know, well, we didn't invent the, the concept of artist royalties, of course. Um, we, uh, 
that was one of the biggest inspirations uh, for like how we we thought this could you know revolutionize uh, the art market. So, you know, at, at the time there was lots of conversation in, in the crypto. It wasn't even the NFT community yet at the time. It was like the blockchain art community, um, and there was many people excited about putting royalties uh, on chain. And we, you know, we we weren't even technically like the, the uh, very first ones to do it. I don't think there were some other projects uh, that um, were doing it in 2017, like a project called Dada. Um, but there was many others who, you know, said, "Well, how is it completely enforceable?" Um, you know, like Bitcoin people and a lot of you know kind of blockchain uh, programmers at the time. They think it. You know, you kind of need to think in like game theory and like, uh, you know, Bitcoin, for example, is like a game theoretically sound vehicle, right? Like it's like this impenetrable fortress and, you know, royalties are not, uh, you know, it, it'd be great if they could, but, you know, you can't prevent somebody from meeting up in a coffee shop and exchanging cash for, a, um, you know, a ledger, say. Um, so there's no like foolproof way to um, enforce on-chain royalties. And so a lot of people at the time in the early days um, said, well, you know, why would you do it if it's not something you can enforce? And we said the opposite. We said, this is one of the you know best use cases for smart contracts we can think of. And who cares if it's not enforceable all the time? If we can help out some artists and help establish this as a pattern in this new market, like why, why would we not do it? So um, yeah, we've been incredibly pro artists, royalties, um, from the start. And, you know, when we started, of course, uh, there were no secondary transactions. So, you know, I, I remember the day when the first secondary sale happened and we, we saw the, the, the royalty get paid out to the artist and the artist got an email. Um, and from then, you know, from there we watched it grow and, uh, we, we started seeing this phenomenon where a royalty payment to an artist was larger than the sum of money they got from the primary sale of the work. Um, and in some cases, that's been like an order of magnitude higher. So, you know, really, really meaningful amount of money has uh, yeah. come to artists. I think uh, we, 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 we remember this uh, X copy moment where it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't remember, but I think it was a six figure royalty for the sale or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a high six figure royalty. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so today we continue to be, uh, you know, staunchly, um, you know, pro artist royalty. And like you said, we, we also, um, pioneered, uh, the concept of collector royalties too. And so this is, a, you know, this is, a um, an innovation that attempts to, you know, reward, uh, collectors, uh, who, you know, support artists early and then, you know, continue to trade their works in, in the market. And if those works, uh, go on to do well, um, the collectors get like a smaller portion of the um, the royalties uh, paid out. And to stay on the royalties, of course, I'm mentioning this topic because of uh, what happened the last six months, you know, in, on the royalty uh, world. Uh, as you say, you know, technically it's not something, you know, that uh, uh, it's unbreakable, but we had a kind of gentleman agreement, I would say, to make it simple about royalties. This gentleman mm -hmm. agreement has kind of been broken by different platforms, but we will mention the one who really took the lead on that, that is Blur. 
and uh, then you know in a way uh, in a war and followed uh, followed not completely but in a way by uh, open sea uh, what is what uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, on this battle that is uh, not over actually yeah it's it's super interesting um and you know i think in the in the big picture that's one of the things that's so fascinating about this space you know like we've uh we've been in it for you know five plus years and seen you know radical change time and time and time again but um whenever there's like really really big shifts uh in market dynamics uh and the you know competitive landscape like this that you know that you're still early uh, in a market where this is it's there's like a you know volcano just uh you know things are things are still really shaking out um i think part of what we're seeing is that you know the nft market is like the broad you know broadly defined the nft market is you know quite a few different things mixed together um there's you know there's it's part crypto market it's part fine art collecting it's part trading it, you know it's part kind of like baseball card trading and uh part speculating so i think where where whereas with super rare um and other um platforms that have a specific focus like we're focused on art and curation and and art you know un, uh, unique authentic artworks um if you th that's quite a quite a different thing than a you know kind of broader Uh, nft platform um and so i think that's where those guys are finding it hard to the broader aggregators are harding it fine to defend artist royalties in a context that's not art specific right because like blur is obviously targeting the you know the trader kind of speculator um side of the market and generally speaking those people probably don't care about artist royalties <laughs> um and that's like that's a pretty different beast uh than um the community that we've cultivated on on super rare which has been you know i guess like you know exclusivity wasn't the point of super rare from the beginning we were really trying to just like grow an authentic community at a sustainable pace um and that's you know that's kind of how it's it's played out but what we've you know the one really positive outcome of that is that we've been able to cultivate a community on the artist and collector and curator sides who genuinely really cares about art wants to see this market uh succeed and wants to, to see this grow into opportunities uh for artists and um you know i i think you know kind of more broadly like the the aggregator war um sort of dynamic that's playing out with with these other guys like i i think that's it's partly just because it's a um it's you know it's a mishmash of different markets and it's also this market just you know trem tremors and it's still kind of like shaking itself out in the early days so yeah but at the end of the day it's not really yeah you you see it a bit like something that is happening somewhere where you're not really uh not not exactly the same space than yours at the end of the day i i mean it, it is but you know the I think it kind of uh you know helps our value proposition essentially because like we're we're very much about art specifically and artist royalties and we've always been uh, pro royalty and you know we have lots of people in the community you know kind of reaching out to us and you know thanking us for our our, our stand on that so I you know 
you know, uh, I, I do think it's meaningful for us. Because some people think, you know, that there is a way now and there is a space for a second-hand market, marketplace, uh, for fine art, I would say, uh, marketplace. And uh, you are doing second-hand market. You are also this deal with Async, where basically you can trade Async uh, asset on Super Rare. Uh, could we expect you, you know, to uh, to do some deals with other platforms, you know, where you could have a second-hand market on Super Rare? Um, yeah, and um, yeah, so it, we actually don't even have a, a special deal with Async. Um, we have essentially kind of like integrated their their smart contracts. Um, same with Manifold, actually. Um, so the you know the idea with Super Rare is for um, listed artists who are on super rare um to be able to you know have their entire catalog of of works uh you know it's increasingly common pattern and something we actually facilitate natively on super rare is for artists to own their own contracts so it, it's not just about the you know the og you know, shared super rare minting contract anymore there's uh you know space based contracts there's uh artists own you know kind of like sovereignly owned uh, contracts and yeah, so the vision is um, for for Super Rare is um, you know any, any artist that's on there, you have access to in, you know increasingly their entire uh, catalog of works. I understand, and uh, you know, uh, thank you for this because it's a good transition also to talk about something that is part of your DNA, uh, basically owning your own uh, key and uh, you know mint doing your own contract. Uh, we are currently at a moment where a lot of platforms and a lot of people are talking about onboarding the next billion or something like this uh, into the space. Uh, is is it uh, is it part of your uh, ambition, basically, at Superar? And sub question, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, could we expect to have credit card payment on Superar? Um, yeah, great questions. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, part of our inspiration has always been to um, do something that's very accessible uh, with blockchain technology. And, um, you know, we're, we're still, you know, very early days in, in crypto in general, but I think that NFTs are a, a great use case, kind of like tip of the iceberg for um, getting you know, millions and millions of new people uh, kind of like to understand about um, Ethereum and, and uh, crypto technology in, in general. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's a hard value proposition because like you said, you kind of have to get onboarded and, and own your own keys um, and that sort of thing. So long-term, yes. Uh, I don't think, you know, we're going to see a, a, a billion figure number in the next uh, 12 months, say. Um, and on the latter question, um, yes, we are planning to support uh, credit card payments on, on Super Rare in the um, like later this year. Awesome, credit card payment, but not uh, non-custodial wallet, basically. Uh, correct. It'll still be uh, you'll you'll take custody of the NFT. Okay. Yeah. It stay. It keep keep consistent yeah. with what with what you've been doing so far. Um, no, that that's yeah. that's really interesting. And um, I wanted to know because you know you're doing a business 
you know, the business of being a platform is not, or being, you know, market, uh, yeah, platform is not easy. We see a lot of platforms now who are suffering uh, the beer market. We saw uh, non-origin uh, that has been acquired by eBay because, uh, yeah, okay, there are a lot of reasons, but at the end of the day, you know, I think the, the global income was complicated. Uh, we saw a lot of, you know, you saw, you, you mentioning some platform all along the way, the last five years, you know, who failed, basically. And uh, I think last year we have hundreds of platforms that we saw. Uh, what What is so complicated in the platform business model? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, well... You know, it's you. You rely on you know. It's a you know, at its core, is a two-sided market, right? Like you've got uh, producers and you have consumers. So in this case, you know, creators and collectors. Um, and with that comes a lot of uh, you know dynamic, uh, you know, kind of unexpected things. Like right, like you're not controlling the supply. Like from a marketplace perspective, if you're just producing and selling a product, that's all very predictable. Uh, business, right? If you're, you know, making coffee and distributing it, it's you kind of like control it the whole way. Um, but things get very complex when you add, you know, kind of like one, it's global and internet-based from the start, and two, crypto has a lot of like anonymous uh, people, and three, you know, throwing in like the, you know, we're kind of like, you know there's this new digital art market forming. This is kind of like internet art meets money and this new kind of like explosive market. It's, it's pretty wild. <laughs> like um, it's uh, there's, there's like a really big, you know, kind of community management uh, aspect. So I think that's, that's taken a lot of uh, platforms by surprise. Um, and there's also just uh, like, I, you know, I keep saying this is an early market, but, um, you know, there's uneven, uh, you know, kind of buy side um, dynamics in the market, like, you know, collectors really weren't present in the first uh, year or two of, of our existence. Uh, it was really like artists supporting artists and like a handful of like very visionary collectors like getting in super early. So I think that, you know, the unpredictability of the kind of actors in the space, the reliance on this, you know, new you know, kind of community and the, you know, unpredictability of that. And then just, um, you know, like kind of uncertain demand for, uh, for it is, uh, I don't know, among the things that make it uh, pretty challenging to predict like how your, you know, 12 year cycle is going to go as a business yeah. or 12 month cycle. I feel like it's a game also, uh, it's a kind of winner take all uh, game a bit. Now you need to be one of the biggest one to, to survive now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we we'll see. I think there's room in the space for you know what I what I like to see is um, you know people that are really kind of like trying to push the boundaries and and um, you know provide a new angle or you know like a, a truly new service. Um, I think you know like I mentioned async before, um, they're you know playing with different like creative creator tools and um you know collector experiences i think art blocks is really interesting you know focusing really on generative art tools and, and fostering that community 
Um, so, um, you know, I, I don't expect there to be 150 <laughs> crypto art platforms in 10 years. Um, but what I, I guess what I would prefer to see is an ecosystem of players that have kind of, you know, genuine and, and unique offerings uh, that kind of like, you know, play nicely together. Yeah, and this is also maybe the weakness of many platforms that came in the market. You know, they are not a strong positioning and uh, this is what makes it difficult for many of them also currently. Uh, and I think, you yeah. know, and this is something I, I, I think it's somewhat similar to creators as well. And this is something I, you know, I, I, talk, I talk to a lot of new artists in the space about, like, I think you really have to do something really unique. Um, and you have, kind of have to have like a, a unique angle and, um, you know, you have to like really engage directly uh, with people. It's not, this is not a ecosystem, whether, you know, on the platform side or the, you know, the individual side where you can, I think, successfully just kind of like be a me, a me too type of player. You have to, you know, kind of push the boundary in, in some way and um, really be unique and really be yourself. I think it's a really, really strong uh, advice for everybody coming in the space as an entrepreneur, as an artist. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's important, you know, to, yeah, you know, to, 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 as you say, you know, to, to think about what you're doing, being a bit unique, uh, bring innovation in the space and be in touch with people, you know, uh, in interaction as much as you can. Uh, it's really, really, really interesting to chat with you, John, and uh, really want to thank you for everything you've shared. You know, it's really, really cool. Uh, before we, we, we end up the podcast, I wanted to know actually if you have one more advice, you know, because you are kind of a really uh, important entrepreneur also in the space for people who are starting, uh, you know, in this industry, uh, doing a beer market, uh, you know, what would be the last uh, advice that you would give? Um, to, to other founders, you mean? Yeah, to founders, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would say it's, impor it's important to have a very, uh, you know, long-term view if you can. Um, obviously, you know, fun funding cycles are, are tough. Uh, and you know um so you, you gotta do what you can but i would say um you know what's what's worked really well for us is uh you know be lean and experimental like when we launched super rare it did not look like super Rare looks today it looked incredibly you know uh bare and, and laughable um design wise but it was a usable thing people could use and it helped us validate um that this was you know a good idea to keep um pursuing um and then, you know, just, we also like, we're born into a bear market. So have a very long-term view um, that, you know, uh, if you have high conviction in what you've kind of, you know, proven um, with your early experimentation, I would say, don't worry too much about um, people not getting it, uh, like investors not getting it or the market not being totally right this year. If you're, you know, having fun and have high conviction, I would say, uh, keep going. And then third, probably uh, find people that you really like to work with. Um, it should be fun. And if it's just, some, it, you know, doing a startup is hard as fuck. <laughs> and if you uh, are just, you know, partnering with somebody just for, you know, uh, money making reasons or uh, something like that, 
um, it's you're probably not going to make it through the really uh, hard points if you don't actually you know enjoy spending time together. Uh, thank you very much, and especially for this last tip because this is really the most important thing for most of the people who are working on the blockchain and Web3. I think if you're there, you know, it's because you you want to be part of something fun and uh, yeah, enjoying, you know, and uh, having fun, whatever you do, it's the most important thing. Yeah, it's great. And uh, before we end, I think also, Grida, you had a, a question. Uh, yes, and first of all, thank you so much for inviting me here. That's really honored that uh, having you. Uh, and uh, next month is, I believe, the Superior's birthday, right? It's fifth birthday. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. What, what is it? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, April uh, 2nd. Wow, wow. Yeah, I yeah. just heard uh, there's a birthday. So I think, yeah, that's really honor. And on behalf of the artists and the superior lovers, I would love to say that Superior is not only the marketplace, this is the symbol for uh, high-end digital art can also uh, become really meaningful in the art history. So everyone in artists and the people, they really have some pride for Superior. So that's why I wanted to point it out. And uh, it was really nice to see the Superior booth in NFT Paris to see in real life what they have and the meeting people. So, uh, and also as a, a operator for Superior Space, thanks to that. And just wanted to know that is if there is a, a plan that you guys do the IRL event or more uh, active communicate with uh, other NFT conference, like we have also NFC Lisbon or other conferences or by your own. So yeah, IRL is really important as well, I, I believe. So yeah, I would love to say that. Thank you. Awesome. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Great to see you, Greta. And if, uh, in case anyone missed that, um, Greta runs the Ehem Gallery in, in Paris and is uh, um, a super space now. So uh, I'm, I'm super excited about that. You guys uh, have, a, have a great community. Um, and uh, yes, the super fifth birthday is uh, just around the corner. So we're really, really excited about that. Um, we are going to have uh, team members at NFT NYC, which is coming up, uh, NFT LA as well. And then, um, yeah, we'll see about future IRL um, things. Uh, some of you guys may have um, seen we had a pop-up gallery in Soho in New York all last summer uh, for about six months. And that was, inc that was incredible. The, you know, the community res response from that was, you know, kind of off the charts and it, we had some really great events and parties and, you know, kind of like lying around the block in New York for, um, you know, some opening stuff. So um, I totally agree. The IRL aspect is um, really, really important and something we're uh, you know, thinking a lot about. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. Cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you, John. Thank it you. was a pleasure. And uh, so, yeah, you know, for everybody, you know, we just... You know, we can celebrate so the next birthday that will happen in April. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you, and I hope you know we'll have the chance maybe to chat with you again in six months or to follow up, you know, with what's going on at Superior. Thank you very much, and have a great okay, day. Yeah, yeah, I would love that, John, Arthur, uh, Greta. Great, great chat with you guys. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Thank you. All right, ciao.
Happy. 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 Happy.